So I'm going to tell you or read you the story of Stephen. Stephen was a marvelous speaker. Out in the street, he always drew a crowd and spoke about Jesus with great courage and conviction. However, he seriously upset some of the people in the city, especially when he got onto the subject of the temple. The people he upset most were Greek speakers like himself, who deliberately settled in Jerusalem so they could be close to the temple. When he started saying how much Jesus had criticized the temple and then declared that it should never have been built in the first place, they got extremely angry. They tried arguing against him, but that was no use. They got as many people as they could on their side, arrested him, and took him off to the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin was the highest Jewish court in the land. The same court had put Jesus on trial, convicted him of blasphemy, and handed him on to Pilate to be crucified. The members of the Sanhedrin looked at Stephen. His face shone like the face of an angel. Yet the charges against him were very serious. Tell me, they said, that you, they tell us, they said, that you are saying dreadful things about this most holy place of ours. Have you anything to say? Yes, I have, replied Stephen. I've got a lot to say. I'm a Jew just as much as you are. But I think you'll agree our history is full of disappointments. God's been trying so hard with us ever since the beginning, but we've always been difficult and caused him much grief. Look at how we turned our backs on him and Moses at Sinai. Together, God and Moses had released our ancestors from slavery in Egypt, and there was Moses on the summit of Mount Sinai, gathering together all God's precious teaching to bring it down to our ancestors. Then what did they do? They turned to Moses' brother Aaron and said, We're fed up with Moses and this God of his. Make us a proper God, one made with hands. So they made the golden calf. You all know that story. And things didn't get any better when our people started living in Palestine, did they? No, they still worshipped gods which had been made with hands, gods that weren't really gods at all, and certainly nothing like our God, who made the whole of heaven and earth. And to make matters much worse, King Solomon built a temple here in Jerusalem. Out in the desert, when our ancestors were living there, God had a tent. It was just a tent, but that was good enough for God. He could pack it up and go wherever he liked. But Solomon wanted to keep him shut up in Jerusalem. So he built him a temple that was made with hands as well, like the golden calf and all those other gods. So you see, we've always been making life difficult for God. When he sent prophets to put us on the right track, what did we do? We persecuted them, sometimes even killed them. And when finally he sent his own son Jesus, you got him killed as well. Is there no end to your opposition to God? 
That put all the Sanhedrin and all those who'd arrested Stephen in an uproar. Look, shouted Stephen, I can see into heaven. I can see God in all his fine glory and Jesus standing at his right hand. The crowd and members of the Sanhedrin put their hands over their ears. They couldn't bear to hear any more of this. They dragged Stephen out of the room and through the streets of the city until they reached a place outside the city walls. Then they started hurling stones at him. He was guilty of blasphemy, they said, and deserved to be stoned to death. Stephen was brought to his knees by the stones. Kneeling on the ground, he cried with all the strength he had left, Lord, forgive them. And with those words, he died. So we haven't used the passage from the Bible today, but I do reference it one or two times. If you want to have that open, that's up to you. It's uh, 1037 in the Blue Bibles. So let's just take a moment to take in that story. And grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ be with us all. Amen. Now, Stephen was a man of God who was well acquainted with Jesus' own apostles. He was and is known for his spiritual qualities of faith and wisdom and grace and the Holy Spirit's presence in his life. He was chosen by the apostles to distribute food to the poor, kind of like Phil and Vanessa Farnham and their work with Canterbury Food Bank. He was a powerful speaker and wasn't afraid to speak the truth out of love for others. Even when that got him into trouble, like in our story from Acts today. Now, he reminds the assembled crowd that they keep ignoring God's help and God's plans, and in turn, they keep making things more difficult both for them and for God. He goes on to remind them that God sent his own son, Jesus, to sort them out, and they hung him on a cross. When Stephen began speaking these words in front of the Jewish court officials of the Sanhedrin, like he had to know that things didn't look good for him. Remember, this is the same kind of court where Jesus was tried and handed over to Pontius Pilate. These were not people who were known for taking criticism very well. They didn't like having their wrongdoing pointed out to them. But Stephen knew God well. He studied his Bible and he prayed and he may have even known the history of God's people better than those guys who were judging him. And he knew that what he was saying needed to be said. He wasn't going to just let the people who followed the same God as him, these are people he cared about, he wasn't just going to go on letting them get it wrong and arguing with him in the temple about it. He wanted these people to love and obey God the same way he loved and obeyed God. And when they weren't doing that, he let them know. It was brave, and I bet it was hard, but it was the right thing to do, even if the ending was pretty bad for Stephen. He was the first person that we know of to give his life up for the gospel. He was the first person after Jesus to, def to die defending God's honor 
and trying to bring people back to a good relationship with God. And when he was distributing food and speaking in the temple, the numbers of believers were spreading all across Jerusalem, and even Jewish priests were being converted. Now that's like somebody who follows Chelsea Football Club meeting Mark Hampton and experiencing his mighty holiness and the power of his words deciding to support Portsmouth. Hey, it's like that, but times 10. Now Stephen had received an immense gift from God and Stephen's choice was to use it. This is the good news of today's passage. It doesn't end especially well for Stephen, but that's not the point to dwell on. Stephen doesn't even dwell on that point. While the people are throwing stones at him, he's praying to God asking for their forgiveness. Chapter 7, verse 59 of the story in the Bible says that Stephen prayed, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he fell to his knees and said, Lord, don't charge them. That's the people throwing the stones at him. Don't charge them with this sin. And according to the story from the Bible, that's the last thing Stephen ever said. Lord, don't charge them with this sin. Stephen was given an immense measure of love and wisdom from God, and so much that it drew him to learn his scriptures, so well that he could stand in front of others and talk about the history of Israel and share the story of Jesus. So much love and wisdom that he could disagree with others because he wanted them to know God's love the way he knew it. And he knew there were way too many other things distracting them from God's love, from God's presence, and from God's own son, Jesus Christ. He reacted to this love by giving his life in service of others, to working with the apostles, to distributing food to the poor, to getting into very hard conversations with other followers of Jesus. He turned the whole of his life toward God, and he put down all of the distractions to do it. Now, standing here in front of you today, feeling God's love and wisdom well enough to stand in front of others and talk about the history of Israel and to share the story of Stephen, I can openly and honestly tell you that I need more of this kind of dedication. Stephen put down everything for God, even his life. Would I do that? Can I even put down my smartphone or Facebook or YouTube? Can I put down my Netflix binge watching or my semi-obsession with running or my own preferences for everyone to get along all the time? Can I lay that all down to focus on God? Now, Stephen casts a long shadow that it would be really easy for all of us to hide in, high-fiving over his bravery and clinking our glasses together for his unselfish behavior. We might even be tempted to stand on the sidelines and come up with some amazing chants about how there's only one Saint Stephen. But to do that, we'd be missing the point. Stephen was the way he was because he was striving to be like Jesus. He wasn't happy cheering on God's love from the sidelines. He got right into the action. He turned his focus towards God and towards Jesus. He made sacrifices. He sacrificed things he liked doing and his time, his energy. 
and eventually even his life. Now, living in England, people aren't all that likely to kill us for witnessing about Christ. But they may let us know they don't want to hear the truth and try to silence us. But if we keep honoring God in our daily lives, in the way we speak to others, in the way we treat other people, some of those people will take in the way we live. They'll see that there's something different about us. They may even end up following Jesus and learning more about God. We don't all necessarily need to stand before the judges and show other people that what they're doing is wrong. There are some of us who are called to that. But what we are all called to, what we're all called to do is to get to know God as well as we can. We do that by praying. We do that by reading the Bible. We do that by being around others who love God. And we're also called as a church and as each person to share our faith and God's love with the world around us. And that's what Stephen was doing. It was the way he felt God leading him. He was just being himself and loving God. And a lot of good things came out of that. One example is a man called Saul who was watching everyone's coats while they threw stones at Stephen. Now, he was deeply touched by this experience, and later he went on to meet Jesus in person on the road to Damascus. And he became the Apostle Paul, who wrote most of the books after Acts in the New Testament. He was constantly reminding others that no one is beyond the reach of God's love, not even him who was watching the coats while people threw stones at Stephen. Another example was a Greek-speaking Jew called Philip, who was inspired to go and preach the good news about Jesus wherever he went. He ended up touring the countrysides and towns talking about God's love and about Jesus. As a result, thousands of those people became followers of Jesus. We'll hear more about him and one of the people he reached out to next week. So Stephen, full of God's grace, mercy, and peace, reached out to the world around him in a brave and unselfish love to help others know the God he knew, the God he loved. Let's take that into our week. Let's keep thinking about how God is calling us to share his love with others. Let's think about how we might reach out to those around us in love today, tomorrow, and always. And let's reach out to others in love. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.